King's smile. The King's smile. Very good. So what about the King's speech. The what? The King's speech. Ah, the King's speech. <laughs> where, where do we see the daily topic? The what? The daily topic. Let's say where where do we see it? What's going to be today's class? It's, it was in the email. In the email that went out. Okay. You didn't get that email? It is day four. Yeah. I did get the... I, I got an email. I don't know if it's this one. There's an email with the whole syllabus. It's in the WhatsApp. It in, in the WhatsApp? I, I got it in the mail. I received it in the WhatsApp. Today is day four? Yeah, today is day four. And today, the day four in our series of Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot. And today we're talking about the idea of the king's smile. Let's just do a very short recap. We started out with explaining the idea that what is Elul? And then we said Elul is a big revelation, but then we said that Elul is a revelation without pressure. The king is in the field, and everybody that wants could go out and greet him and meet him. And he shows, he accepts everyone with a beaming face, and he shows to everyone a smile. And then when he goes back into town, only the special people could go in which that's the idea of going into the palace where it's Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. You have, to, you have to be worthy in order to go in and be with a king. But now we're going to talk about the idea of the smile. What does it mean Hashem smiles to everyone? Basically, the Alter Rebbe is telling us that this marshal, which by the way, the Alter Rebbe quotes this marshal as if uh, like he's quoting it from somewhere else, like because he's explaining every detail in the marshal. But the truth is that this marshal has no, this example has no source besides the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe is the source for this marshal. And he says, I'm going to explain to you why I'm telling you that Hashem is smiling. So he explains the idea. Let me first explain it by heart, and then we're going to do it inside, and then we'll uh, elaborate on it. We're saying that the idea of Elul Kabbalah tells us that it's Yud Gimel Midas Arachamim, the 13 attributes of mercy. Now, we wanted to explain how that is different than Yom Kippur. So we're not going to explain Yom Kippur now because that's going to be day number, I don't remember where, 17, 18. What we are, what we are going to explain is that if Elul is Yom Kippur, if Elul and Yom Kippur have the same revelation, the only difference is that Yom Kippur comes along with a formality. Whereas an Elul, it comes with no formality. Elul, it comes casual. The greatest revelation, the same revelation like Yom Kippur, but it's casual. But still, what is the revelation of Yom Kippur? Again, not from the Yom Kippur perspective. That's what we're going to discuss when, uh, about Yom Kippur. Yud Gimel Midas Arachimim, the 13 attributes of mercy. Now, please, if you don't have a background in Kabbalah, don't get thrown off. But in Kabbalah, there's 10 Sfirot. 
In the 10 Sfirot, the highest Sfirah is Keter. In other words, we have our communicative powers, that's Malchus. Then we have our emotions, which are higher. Then we have our intellect. And then we have our very will. What does it mean we have our very will? We have our, not what I understand, not what I feel for. These are all different levels of how I interact with the world. But then there's the part of me that is my essence. My essence is my willpower, my energy of being. And in that level, over there, according to Kabbalah, we have the 13 attributes of mercy. <clears throat> 13 attributes of mercy basically mean the revelation of essence. That Let me try to say it in other words that Hashem tells us that the reason He loves us is not for... The, not because we're so amazing, not because we're so great, not because we're so special. No. The reason why Hashem loves us is because we're essentially one with Him. Dalter Rebbe is going to explain to us now that that smile that He told us in the marshal with the king, smiling to all the people that come and greet Him in the field, that's the same idea that's the same idea of the Yud Gimel Midas Arachmim, the 13 attributes of mercy that is found, that is revealed in the month of Elul. Let's see inside. Maybe we need to add another tiny detail that the 13 attributes of mercy start with Kale. There's different ways, by the way. In Kabbalah, there's different ways of how to read it, the 13 attributes of mercy. But uh, in this mimer, at least, he's going to say that the first one is, yeah, we say, Hashem, Hashem, Kel, Rachum, Vechanun, Kel. Kel is the first one. And we're going to see, it doesn't say it over here, so but other places it says that the word Elul includes also the word Kel. But over here, he's going to tell us the idea of Yisrael, that we the Jewish people are called Yisrael because we're the masters, Sar, we're the masters of that kale. Which kale represents the 13 attributes of mercy that are found, so to say, in God's essence, in God's simple, sim simplistic, not simplistic because it's simple, the non-composite will. It's not a will that happens to a person because of circumstance or because of uh, other reasons. Hashem loves us because of His being and our being. And that is the smile that we're talking about. In Elul, we could feel that unconditional love. As we're going to see, that's the same idea like in Kippur. Only in Kippur, it comes along with the whole thing, fasting, and we have to tap into it, and we become nullified, and we become one with God. That, that's, that's why I said dating sometimes is very similar to the chuppah. 
only the chuppah, it's like we are standing over there under the chuppah and we're promising to each other that we'll do everything in order to stay together for the rest of our lives. And we love ourselves unconditionally. We're going to talk about that uh, closer to, to, the, to when we're talk, going to talk about in Kippur. Now it's the smile of, be, of the fact that we're one and we want to be together for life. Not the seriousness, not the etiquette, not the formality of it. It's the smile of it. That same smile that says, me and you have an unconditional, intrinsic connection. And that is something that we could all tap in and have a connection to in the month of Ebel. Let's see it inside how the Alter Rebbe is going to explain it. He's also going to bring over here from the priestly blessing that we say every, that we, that we, uh, that we say every day in Davening. Let me just turn off my phone. It's like beeping the whole time. Let's go. We are on the first page. Yeah, everybody has the text? Ah, Zev, Zev is new to the class. Um, uh, Zev, could you, could you just post your email in the chat? Who has the copy? Because I don't have the copies over here. I'm now in the office. Anyone has the PDF? I, I do, and I will try this time to be successful in uploading it. If anyone you else? You want to upload it to the so, chat? Or you want to send it to Zev in his email? Zev is going to post his email. I don't know if you want. You feel comfortable? I have. I, I'm going to post it to the chat. I just opened it up. Oh, okay. He also sent. Uh, he also sent his email, so you could send it to his email directly and the chat. Okay, it's going to be on the chat. First, wait for, uh, for Avi to put it on the chat. And if you don't get it in the chat, uh, then send your email. Like this will be easier for Avi. Let's start reading. The Pasuk says, I'm going to try to explain a bit better because I know not everyone has the text yet. The Pasuk says in the, 30, in the, in the priestly blessing, Yoed Hashem Pono Velecha. Oh, Yuri, Yuri Khazanov uh, posted it to the chat. Thanks, Yuri. Thanks, Yuri. Zev, uh, you, you see it on the chat? Great. Who else? Um, Gamerman uh, sees it in the chat. Stefan Weinstein, uh, Weinstein, you see it in the chat? Please answer in the chat. If not, we'll send it to your email. Yeah, it looks like everyone saw it in the chat. If you didn't see it, post your email and Avi is going to send it to you in the email. Great. Thank you, Stefan. Great. So let's see inside. We're in the second column on page Lamed Bet. And we have over here uh, the seventh line from the top. Kihine Ksiv. The Pasuk says, Hashem should shine his face, his countenance towards you. 
Indian, what does that mean? What does it mean when we're saying, when the priests are blessing the Jewish people, that may Hashem shine his countenance to you? What does that mean? What does it mean shining his face? God doesn't have a face. But what does face mean? Face, the word face in Hebrew means panim. Panim is your inside. It's very interesting that the word face, is the, the face of a person is the only part that is never covered. If you don't wear a burqa, right? So um, your, your face is the only part that is not covered. But on the other hand, it's called panim inside because it expresses the inside, which is another thing. I don't want to go off that, that in Hebrew, there's a lot of words that have two opposite meanings. But he says, what does it mean that Hashem shall shine his face to you? That that's the glimmer, that's the shine of the 13 attributes, the 13 attributes of mercy, that we should be face to face with God. The Hainu meaning to say, what does it mean face to face? Could someone send the, the uh, email to Alex Gamerman? It's, it's, it's ajgamerman at gmail.com. Yeah, I'll do it. Go the chat. Thank you, Yuri. So he's saying, that Hashem, what does it mean to be face-to-face? Face-to-face means that I reveal my deepest self to your deepest self. Says the Alter Rebbe, the revelation of the internal will of God. What does it mean, internal will? Who could explain in simple English? What does it mean, internal will? Internal will means my will that is not because of other things. I could have a factory, and in the factory I could have 1,000 workers, and I have janitors over there, and I have soda machines over there, and I have machines over there. I have all those things. That is not my inner will. My inner will is what? My inner will is that I want to make money. That's my inner will. All the other things come in order to serve that inner will. So we're saying about Hashem, we're saying Hashem shines His inner will to the source of the Jewish souls. Al what does he say over here? That Hashem shines His face to us and we shine back. What does it mean we shine back our face to Him? What is the meaning of that? The meaning of that is that I too decide that I am not going to have any other will besides Him. He is giving me the depth of His will and I am giving Him back the depth of my will and that's called Mesirus Nefesh. What does it mean Mesirus Nefesh? I'm giving away my soul. I don't have any other desires. That's the deepest love that there is. Because sometimes love is contaminated with a lot of different reasons. When a person says, I love you unconditionally, besides you, nothing exists. And if something exists, it's something connected to you. Right? It's like they say in marriage, one of the very important points is that the people involved in the marriage, they want to they feel they want to feel that they're the only thing in the other person's life. And sometimes it's a bit complicated because what do you mean? I have my job. I have my, I have my family. I, I have things going on. And sometimes it causes a lot of tension. 
because usually what causes a lot of tension is because people don't really know how to express what they want. So you don't really know what to address. But that's a given fact. In marriage counseling, it's a, it's a very common problem where, where one says, I don't know, he has his own things, he's going away, he does his own thing. Like, and, and sometimes people are embarrassed to say, yes, I want to be the number one on the person, other person's list. So that's the way I always understood it. Lately, I understand that it's, it's deeper. It's not, I want to be the only one. It's not, I'm sorry. It's not just want to be the first one on the other person's list. The idea is we're, we, we are uniting. I mean, say the chasm and the kala, the groom and the bride are uniting. And they're, what, what they're basically saying is we're going to become one. We're going to become one. The second you say you're going to become one, it's not about being number one on the list or the second on the list. Do you have anything else outside of me or not? So now you're wondering, okay, but I have a job. But a smart husband yeah, or a smart wife understand that, they, that they, the way they frame it's not they're framing it just in order to shut the other person's up, the other person up. They're, they're framing it that, what do you mean? I'm going to work. That's also a part of our relationship. I'm going to work. Like this, we have money. Like this, we could have a house. With this, we could sustain our kids. It's us. So really, I'm never separate from you. I once heard a mashpia, um, a, a Hasidist teacher, talking to guys before they got married. And he told them like this, I'm sure after you're going to get married, you want to go to Fabrengen. But you should know that your wife is going to feel that you're going to Fabrengen, that you're leaving her alone. And she doesn't feel comfortable with it. So he told them a very smart idea. This is something, by the way, idea that women could also do. It, it doesn't matter. It says you go to the Fabrengen, you come home, share, share what you did by the Fabrengen. Share what you heard by the Fabrengen. You could even tell her, like when I heard this story, I thought to share the, this story with you. What are you basically saying? That also by the Fabrengen, you're together with her. Because you're one with her. This understanding in marriage, help me also explain what, what, it, what it means in Chassidus, to become one. What does it mean to become one? To become one, and, and that's it. What do you mean? I'm not allowed to have now, I'm not allowed to do anything in my life now. Is only God, what am I, such a fanatic? No, the answer is that if you are really in a relationship, whatever you do is a part of that relationship. Because if you connect your essence to his essence, so there's really nothing outside of the relationship. So why, so why are you going to work? So, so usually this concept is found in Shulchan Aruch too. But usually when you learn it without chassidus, you hear the concept, oh, even when you work, you should also think that the reason why I'm working is I should be able to serve God. The reason why I'm eating is I should have the energy to serve God. But that makes it so complicated and, and grumpy that, that like, what, is, what does it mean? Now everything I do, I have to start thinking, oh, I'm doing this for God. No, if you are one with God, so really there's nothing outside of the relationship. A bit, a, a bit less of an, a, a bit less of a romantic uh, example is a soldier. 
A soldier signs up to the army, everything becomes a part of the army. His shoes belongs to the army. His food belongs to the army. So when a soldier eats, who is he feeding? Really? He's feeding the army. Because a part of being in the army is being well-fed and, 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 and taking care of yourself. So when you go and you do exercise and when you go to sleep, you are, you are treating, you are, you are pampering, so to say, a soldier. You happen to be the soldier. But it's within the context of, of, the, of the commitment that you have. So this is less romantic. In a marriage, it's much more. And in marriage, it's also very practical sometimes that the people come with complaints and say, I don't understand, like he goes away and he doesn't care about me. Like, what do you mean? What does it mean I don't care about you? Like I go to work. Right. But, but if you're smart, you have the ability to express that going to work is not, it, it's very often, I don't want to go into, uh, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but sometimes it's pretty often like in second marriages, there's like sometimes envy. Oh, you, you're taking care of your kids. And, and, and it's, it's like, what, what, what does a smart person do? A smart person, it's, again, it's not what you say. It's the way you feel. But you also have to sometimes express it. That it's not something outside of the relationship. It's a part of the relationship. No wonder there's sometimes so much friction sometimes with people's in-laws. Yeah. Why? Because, oh, the reason why you're going to your parents, oh, because you love your mother, you love your father, you love your family. Oh, suddenly it becomes a contradiction. But again, obviously, we don't have to be that envious and we don't have to be that, that jealous and so on and so forth. That's that's other concept. Yeah, I'm not going there. But I'm, I'm, but I'm trying to say, where does friction, if you, if you analyze friction, very very, um, very common comes up when you're doing something separate. When, you, when you're doing something outside of the relationship. Hasidim used to say that when you do something that is not a mitzvah, but it's permitted. It's permitted. In Tanya, it says that when a person does something that's permitted, it's klipas noga. The shell of noga. So Hasidim used to say that when you do something that is permitted, but it's not a mitzvah, it's like God telling you, you know what? You want to go? Go, be separate from me. It's almost like a woman telling her husband, you want to go? Go, no problem. Okay, go. Anyone that has a bit of experience in life knows that this, this tone is not, is not such a good tone to hear. Well, you want to go? Go. Okay, no problem. Go. No. I'm giving you permission. Go. Again, what does that mean? Does it mean that she has to be so controlling and he has to be so controlling? And where are you going? Do I give you permission? Go, don't you give it? I'm not saying that. God forbid. I'm just saying one thing that what is missing is what we call in Chsidis, if you're really in a relationship, no one feels that if you're going to be if you're going to Fabrengen or you're going to a night with the boys, that you're going to be separate. You're going there just the same reason you go to the gym. Just like when you go to the gym, you go to, in order to work out, in order to be healthy. And if you're going to be healthy, everybody is going to gain from it. The whole family and she and everyone is going to gain from it. Same thing, you're going to Fabrengen because you want to re-energize spiritually. And that is not something disconnected from her. It's a part of the relationship. 
So when the Alter Rebbe is talking over here about smiling face to face, giving away my essence to his essence, what does the Alter Rebbe say? The main internal will of this Jew would be to connect to God, believe in the heart and the soul, from the depth of his heart, with complete self-sacrifice. What does it mean, self-sacrifice? Self-sacrifice means it's not about me anymore. It's about us. It's about me and you, God. I'm giving away my soul, but soul in this case doesn't mean I'm dying. I'm giving away any will that is separate and disconnected from you. Let's continue. The Arzu in this light and this glimmer, Nimsheches Mibechinas Kale comes from the level of Kale, God's name Kale. Shehu, that the word Kale is Rash is the beginning, Kolayud Gumumidis, Umekoiranuchlalam, that the word Kale is the beginning of the 13 attributes and its source and its general state. The word Kale includes all the 13 attributes of mercy. And as the Pasuk says, God is Kael, and he shines to us. So what do we see from this verse, says the Alter Rebbe? That when you ever see a shine, you see a smile. What is shining? What is smiling? Shem Kael. That that's the essence of God, of the infinite light of God. Just like it says that God is like a fire. Pirush meaning to say, just like for example, the glimmer and the light of the fire that comes out from the fire. There's no separation between the coal and the fire that comes out of it. The same is also the glimmer of the light, the countenance of God's face that shines to the general state of the Jewish people who comes from the level of the essence of God. Let's try to understand this a tiny bit more. Let's just add another few words. What does it mean, the essence of God? Why does Chassidus always say these words, essence of God, essence of God? As you know, I like, I like to explain the general concepts of Chassidus. Like this, we could, we could explain it, we could understand in other places too. What does it mean, the essence of God? Essence of God means God himself. In other words, like this, you could have a relationship with someone Let's say you like someone's sense of humor. So when you like someone's sense of humor, do you love that person? No. You love that person's sense of humor. If that person will go mute, no more jokes, there's no, there's no reason to love him anymore. That's it. But if you like the person's essence, Chassidus explains that's the difference between a kiss and a hug. We're going to have to talk about that more when it comes to sukkahs. But then what is the idea of a hug? The idea of a hug is that I'm embracing the whole essence of the person.
essence means that I love you, not something of you. Because if I love your sense of humor, it's my sense of humor that connects to your sense of humor. Essence means I want you. Why is this so important? Why is Hasidus so obsessed with this idea? Because most religious people, their connection to God, especially people that only learn the exoteric part of the Torah, they're connected to God's commandments. It's just like your work, just like your employer at work, what, do you, what, what part are you connected to? You want to hear his instructions. Why do you want to know his instructions? Because you're living off his salary, so you want to know what he wants you to do in order to do the right thing and maybe get a raise and not be, do the wrong thing and get fired. Do you really care about him? Do you really care if he's married, if he's happy, if he's not happy? If his children are happy, if his children are healthy, you don't give a hoot about him. You want to know one thing, the instructions. And if there's new instructions, you want to get an update as soon as possible in order not to mess up, in order to be on good terms with him. That's employee-employer relationship. Unfortunately, that's very common amongst religious people. All religions. You tell me what to do. I don't want to get fired by you. I don't want to get punishment. And I want to get reward. Employee, employer. Then there's a romantic relationship. A romantic relationship is not only what you want me to do for you. I care about you. You care about me. But ultimately, still, there's something I'm gaining something out of it. Essence means I want you. I and you are one. The similar, the example for that is the way we love our children. The connection that we have with our parents, even though we think they, they might be off their, their rockers. Maybe it doesn't matter, but we're one. That is the smile. The smile of Hashem to us and us smiling back, connecting His essence to our essence. To be continued tomorrow, how that is connected with the idea of Israel, And tomorrow we're also going to start on day five, to explain the idea, what is, the, what is day five? Where did we lose God? I hope so. Yeah, what day five? What? Yeah, sorry. I have a question after you finish. Yeah, what is the day five going to be? Can't hear you, Avi. You're, you're muted. You're muted. Uh, you can't mute. You can't um, mute yourself. No, Lazarus did. It's uh, the topic five is uh, searching for God. Where did we lose him? Oh, oh, it's okay. Fine. So tomorrow we're also going to talk about that, and we're also going to continue this idea. Yes, Lazarus. What's your question? What is the essence of someone? Let's say, if we don't talk about God, about God, but of, of uh, someone, let's say not about God, but in a romantic relationship, what do you mean, I love the, I love the, ancient, the essence of my wife? It's, usually we define the essence like, I love your smile, I love your hair, I love, I love the way she cooks. I love, like, what is the essence of her? That, that's very true. That's why I said that romance is not really essence. Sometimes after there's a good romantic relationship for a while, people 
people fall in love with the essence, which basically means that even if one of them falls into coma, yeah, which is usually something more common women doing for men, the husband could be in a coma for 20 years and she still comes and visits him every day. He doesn't smile to her. He doesn't share any jokes with her. He doesn't tell her how much he loves her. But still, there's a, the, the, she loves his essence. But you're right. Romance is not essential. Romance is a lower level. The, the closest thing for human beings in essential, essential love is parent-child relationship. So after you have your own children, you start to understand that you also love your father that way. But it takes a while until you figure that out. You, have to have first, you first have to have your own children to understand your relationship with your parents. Have a beautiful day, everyone. See you tomorrow. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi.